podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the UCL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Ed, your host. I'm here again with Lewis and Dan to discuss the group stage draw that has now happened. We can finally, that our tinkering of our teams makes a little bit more sense now. We know who's going to be playing who in the group stage. But first of all, hello. Uh, let's start with Lewis. Hello, Lewis. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, Ed, to be honest, apart from the heat, obviously. Did you watch yet? Not sure, it's like it? England. Crazy. Uh, did you watch the group stage draw? Yes, I did. Um, I thought it was really good, actually. Some great matchups. I was expecting um, more, hoping for, for more bigger teams pitted against each other, but they seem to all have landed in one particular group, don't they? We do, Yeah, they, they, they have. And me and Dan as Newcastle fans are... I don't know, both delighted and, and devastated, maybe. I don't know. But we'll talk about that next week because we're only going to do this week, Group A, Group B, Group C and Group D, the first four. And then we're yep. going to do a part two uh, later on in the week or next week or whenever it's going to come out. So we're going to sort that uh, soon. But Dan, Dan, are you all right? Did you watch it? You must have, surely. You must have caught, caught up with it as a Newcastle fan. Yeah, so I did a live stream with uh, the lads on the Gallagher Shot podcast, which is a Newcastle-based podcast. So, yeah, we had it on there. That was interesting, up and down emotions. I was quite happy that there was less fanfare this year from UEFA. So, in terms of the awards and how they positioned everything. So, it got the it got the draw done at a decent speed. I thought there was a nice balance to everything this year, which was really, really nice to see. And we have some live reaction videos, I think, from when that uh, ball got drawn out and put in the putting a pot F. But yeah, as you said, that's for next week. Plenty of time for that. We've got some other juicy fixtures to talk about today. But it was a we great draw. Yeah, it was a great draw, wasn't it? It's funny, isn't it, when you think that UEFA could just literally click a button on a computer that would do exactly the same thing like that in an instant. But they obviously make it a big deal. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it is good fun. And the f- part of the fanfare is kind of part of it, isn't it? And getting Joe Cole reading out all these clubs in his Cockney accent is, 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 <laughs> is worth tuning in for alone. Um, right, so what we're going to do today is we're going to, we can't obviously, and we don't want to bore you with a two, three hour podcast here. We're not going to, we're going to be under an hour, hopefully. And we're just going to touch on each group and each team really and what are the big themes the big the big themes that ucl fantasy players need to know not just fans this is the, the you know the angle here is ucl fantasy players so let's start with obviously we're going to start a bit controversial with group a so group a lewis and dan is lewis i'll come to you in a second is Bayern munich manchester united it's already spicy shades of 1999 final uh copenhagen copenhagen and galatasaray so What's your what's the initial thoughts on Group A, uh, Lewis? I think initial thoughts were um, straight to Bayern, to be honest. I think when you look at United lately, it's not been great, has it? So you would usually tend to see that as a tougher, a tougher um, kind of opponent for for Bayern. But I'm kind of not on that same path of thinking anymore. Um, so for Harry, me, I think, Harry you know, Kane going straight in your team, Lewis. Well, I'm not too sure about that, and we'll probably obviously discuss it more, but I, I am on the fence about Harry Kane for the first one. Okay. Go on, Dan, what do you think? Yeah, it's a it's a very nice group for Bayern Munich. Um, Man United looking a little bit toothless at the moment. Also, Copenhagen aren't a very good team. Sorry to any Copenhagen fans. They've had one win out of their first four um 
sorry, they had one win in their sort of four qualifying games, sorry, okay. which doesn't scream confidence when you look at the, the quality of teams in the qualifying. Uh, and Galatasaray, I love Galatasaray. Just Hang on, of... how, how are Copenhagen in this if they only won one of four qualifiers? Uh, they drew the first two and won on penalties. And then they won one and drew one, which meant they went through. Got you. So it wasn't convincing. Okay, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. It wasn't Sorry, convincing. And then Gal- Galatasaray have made some really exciting signings. And they're a mate, like, they're away, or home fans, away fans. They make it a melting pot. So they're always good value in terms of entertainment, Galatasaray. And they actually look like they've got a fairly decent team. They've got some old UCL fantasy legends in there. So who knows? Might be a couple of picks from them. But Go on. Tell us who. who, 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 who. Oh, well, I mean, Angelino plays for them. Anyone who had his, yeah. I'm including myself, and yeah, 20, I think he had a 20-point hole for Leipzig. 18-point <laughs> hole. First match day one a couple of seasons ago. Uh, didn't really get a game last year, but he's now back back in this team. And uh, spoiler, he scored in the last game for Galatasaray. So he's you've convinced <laughs> me. Where he left off. You've he's not a me. great defender. But <laughs> Don't care. He'll he's get in my forward. team. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's I, I do think I agree. I think my sights are firmly focused on Bayern Munich for this group. I haven't decided on a chip strategy or anything like that yet. That'll be for a podcast just before we um just before we start the season, but that's going to determine things like is Harry Kane going to be in my team because there are some outstanding forwards. There are a couple of buy-in. There's one buy-in player, especially that is just going in from the get-go, and he'll stay there forever. Yeah, I mean, and the reason you know people, I'm hoping, are going to listen to this. You know, the reason this is helpful for me is because I kind of know about Bayern and Manu. Although you'll still help me with the picks of like who's going to be a cheap player who might play further on down the line and stuff. But it's it's, it's knowing about you know the fact you just told me Copenhagen have, have not convincingly qualified, and who knows what's going to happen. And then Galatasaray have got Angelino. I didn't even know that Angelino. So that's really really exciting. Go on, Lewis. Anything from Copenhagen or Galatasaray or any of this group uh, that you want to get across as we talk about Group A? Well, obviously, before we have on had on to the heavy hitters like Bayern and well, I say heavy hitter Man United, but I think yeah, Daniel made a great point actually about Galatasaray. They have been investing in some interesting players, and of course, one of them is Icardi. Um, he's nine oh, yeah. million in the game. Yeah, um, he's on penalties. He he's also scored seven goals and registered one assist in his last five. So Icardi is um, he's in form, and so are Galatasaray. Actually, they've. They're on an eight-match unbeaten run at the moment. And, um, yeah, they look pretty good. Again, there's a, there's a couple of interesting assets in there. But but other than, again, Dan, Dan's mentioned Angelino already. Mertens is also in the game. Um, everyone will remember Mertens, Belgian. Mm. He's, uh, he got two goals um, a couple of, in his last few games. He's an £8 million forward. I, I suppose the issue with these is the fact that they're both forwards. Um, but yeah. they are playing Galatasaray in in match day one. So. But there's just so many, isn't there? There's so many good forwards that we could have. You know, I immediately went on the game when it launched and did what everyone did, which which is went Harry Kane, Haaland, and Mbappe, and see what happened, and then try to build the rest of the team. <laughs> Obviously, usually good players. I think not that I'd count myself as a good player, a lucky player in the past, but would have maybe one or two premiums up top, and then like a budget person who's going to be like the key player that we, I guess we'll we'll mm. find as we go, but. But yeah, I mean, really interesting Copenhagen Galatasaray. So let's just touch on Bayern and Man U a bit more before we leave Group A. So as you said, Man United, right? Toothless, right? Are we going to invest in them at the start of this game? 
I personally won't be. Uh, Hoyland, it's seven million. He's got a couple of weeks, I think. I mean, we've got the international break coming up. Not sure when this gets released, but it's coming up. So that is a bit of a spanner in the works to see how he's going to function in that Man United team. I thought he was very bright against Arsenal. Looks like he's. I've seen him obviously play at Atlanta last year, but the Premier League can be a different beast. Arsenal are a very, very good team, and he didn't look out of out of place. He looked like one of Man United's better players when he did come on. Hmm. Um, it's seven million, but again, you maybe want to be looking at that at that for the the Copenhagen fixtures, which come as a double up, three and four, so they come back to back, which could be nice. Rashford's priced out at ten million as a forward. When you look at Harry Kane, is also ten million. I think Aussie men's about 10, 10 and a half. Right. Rashford, to... They've put Rashford up top, have they? Not in midfield. They've put a lot of wingers as forwards. It's very strange. Very, very yeah. strange indeed. They've put a lot of wingers as forwards, but not all of them. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how much you'd want to invest in the defence, but Lindelof, if he can get himself fit again, because Varane's out, Lindelof is a four and a half million defender in the game. So with Varane being out for a little while, he might be good to go if you're going for an early wild card or something like that. And Eric uh, Bailly's is... just left, doesn't he? Eric Bailly's just left yeah. United as well. So. In, I don't know if he's getting a game anyway. Maguire and Johnny Evans seem to be behind them. Um, so, But the, the issue is is that they've got Bayern in first fixture and then I don't know. I don't think Galatasaray is an easy fixture in this group by any stretch of the imagination. So you are waiting for the double up against Copenhagen and by then who knows what um, Varane's situation is going to be. Casemiro's historically been a key figure on this game, 6 million holding midfielder because of the ball recoveries. However, Real Madrid, um, the last couple of years, his ball recoveries have dipped and also saws his goal threat somewhat. He had a couple of years where he used to chip in with the goals, particularly from set pieces. He's a monster in the air and that doesn't seem to be happening as much for Man United. A uh, little outside pick could be Christian Eriksen at six million. He looks like he's actually playing okay in that Man United team goal and assist in his last two games. It doesn't sound like I'm going to be investing in Man United, particularly at the start. It's a kind of wait and see for me, I think. What Definitely do you think, Lewis? Yeah, no, I totally agree with Dan. Um, they've they've pretty much priced Rashford out. Um, they've also made him a forward again, like Dan said, and they've they've done that with quite a lot of the kind of wingers. Um, this season, Bruno Fernandes is is also a little bit too pricey, maybe. But but again, it's just his first match day against Bayern. How but much is he? Lewis? Is, How much is Bruno? Nine point five. Nine point five. Yeah. So okay. I just I just I just feel that compared to some of the other midfielders in the game, um, it's probably a little bit too much. I'm also a little bit concerned about their defence. They've got, I know Martinez is out, I know Varane is out, I know Shaw is out. So, again, just a little bit concerned about the defence. We know they can score goals. We know that Rashford and Bruno will become good options at some point, but just not for match day one. Okay, brilliant. Two quick questions as we leave Group A. We've got to be swift because we've got four groups to get through. Two quick questions. Yeah. Yeah. Firstly, which club is the club to back at the start in Group A? That's, I'll let you think. And then secondly, which club is going to win this group? And they may be the same answer. Surely, isn't it? Is it a bit obvious here? Bayern and Bayern. I'd say personally, Bayern to finish top 100%. Um, just quickly for Bayern assets, I'll fly through these. Mm. Ulrich, four and a half million while Neuer's injured. However, he's not a very good goalkeeper. Please don't be fooled by it. 
Um, Davies, quite a few assists this year, three assists in his last three games. That is an area of his game that he struggled with historically in terms of just getting that end product to his electric game. Seems to be in there now. Uh, six million is a pretty penny, though. Masrawi could be a good option at right back for five and a half, but I'll probably just spend the other 0.5. And then you've got a decision to make between Sane and Coleman, who seem to be the starting wingers, but Sane has three goals. He is Mr. Group Stage, 0.5 million cheaper than Bruno Fernandes. He will be in my team 100%. Uh, and then obviously you've got Kimmich at six and a half, who's doing okay for assists at the moment, and Harry Kane. In uh, answer to your question, team from. For, for this, though, I still think you could play Galatasaray players match day one as they are at home to Copenhagen. You're such a, a hipster. You're such a hipster. I love it. Yeah, great yeah, fixture at target. Yeah. Uh, if you get Mauro Cardi, as Lewis has just said, he's got a few goals and a couple of assists and because he's, he's got a penalty win as well in his last three games. And uh, the run of winning streak, you could even go Angelino at left back over five and a half million is a very pretty penny for him. It's it's going to be a differential start if you do go for them, but you can't ask for a nicer fixture, in my opinion, than Copenhagen at home. That's great. Lewis, what do you think? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with the assets that that Dan mentioned. I think Sane is a standout. If The problem with, I'll keep this short and sweet, the problem this season is there are too many forwards to pick, and especially on match day one. Again, working out whether to have Harry Kane or not is is a, a, an issue for me at the moment. But yeah, like Dan Dan said, Sane is probably the standout midfielder um, of the bunch, and I'm going to go for buying and buying. Great. Let's take a little break. Group B. So Group B, we've got Sevilla, Arsenal, PSV. And Lens, or Lens, pronounced. Pronounced Lens, I think, if you're sophisticated, but spelt Lens. Um, yeah, so what are our initial thoughts on this group once again? We'll come to you first, Lewis. It's going to be an interesting group, to be honest. Uh, you know, there's there's a couple of um, couple of different teams who, who could cause a few problems. I mean, PSV, the, the Dutch team's we've seen the Dutch teams have quality in the past and I think PSV are probably going to be one of those teams who could surprise us, I think. Uh, we know Sevilla, um, a European team, European Cup team, especially Europa, um, but they just don't tend to do that well in the Champions League and I do think this is a tricky group for them. Lens, again, it's it's a debut season for them. I, I, I worry about them a lot, especially considering that early form um, domestically. Yeah, they've had uh, about the same amount of time out of the Champions League as Newcastle. I think the last time they were in it, Newcastle were in it about 20 years ago. So, yeah, long time out of out of, out of the Champions League. What do you reckon, Dan? What are you thinking about this group? Is it is it Arsenal going to run away with it? Is Sevilla going to run away with it? What's going on? Um, I don't think anyone's going to run away with it. I, I think Arsenal and PSV will run away with qualifying. Sevilla have lost their first three games of the season. The fourth was uh, postponed against Atletico Madrid at the weekend. And Lons, not much better, have lost three and drawn one of their first four games. So both of them are winless, luckless. Uh, whereas PSV have, um, so I've looked at the qualifying games. I think it's a it's a better sort of comparison to the quality. So to get through, they won four one three one, drew two two and won five one. They won their most recent Eredivisie game four nil. I think they sit second at the minute. 
they are a little bit rotation heavy in certain areas. So I think there's going to have to be some guessing if Serginho Dest is in there at four and a half million and is actually playing. He's played left back twice, uh, but Van Anholt plays there as well. He's also played right back once, but Teze plays there. So guessing that, having a little look at that could be important. They've just signed uh, Lozano back after a three yes in, in Naples. He's a good player, six and a half million midfielder, could be good for. Um, Good for, as an A, a differential, but B, as a budget-attacking-minded player. Luke de Jong, though, um, famous Newcastle striker ahead. Uh, yeah. He's banging form. He got five goals in those four UCL qualifying games, and he also got a couple of assists. He also got a goal and two assists at the weekend. So Wait. at eight and a half million, very, very expensive. Um, I wouldn't be having him versus Arsenal. However, when it gets that Sevilla, Lonzalon, Sevilla, again, he's a differential striker. If you are looking to just have two premiums and then a cheapo up front, De Jong is a player that maybe could go a Cardi to De Jong if you are looking to play the game in that fashion. Some people will just want to go three premiums up front. I may be one of them myself. I have not decided yet. Um, so, yeah, I, I think PSV will run Arsenal a long way. I do think Arsenal will finish top. Uh, I don't think Lens and Sevilla have a chance, if I'm being honest. Okay. And Lewis, in terms of, well, any of the clubs, is there any standout kind of picks that Dan hasn't mentioned or any bargains to be had? Well, I mean, the issue with the, the, the issue with the PSV, um, PSV assets is they're a little bit too expensive for me. Dan's already mentioned, you know, uh, Luke de Jong. Okay, he's not completely expensive if you want to attack the attack the fixtures but kind of the midfield is like Noah Lang left wing he's I think he's been classified as a forward which is again an issue Sabiri seven million pound he's got a few goals he's okay for recoveries but again you could probably find a cheaper option um, than that in terms of Sevilla there's nothing again nothing really that stands out to me personally other than Dimitriov, the um, the the goalkeeper at four point five million, which could be okay, but again the assets just there are just a little bit too expensive. And Lens, you know, there's 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 not too much there either. Um, to be honest, they kind of priced out in a in a sense. You know, five million pound goalkeeper at Lens. I mean, do we really do we really want to go there? So I think in terms of this group, I suppose the main the main focus is is going to be on on Arsenal. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, well, we'll come to the, to the, to the same questions that I asked for the last group, group A. Group B, who is going to win it and who do we invest in at the start of our game? Is there any, anyone other than Arsenal? Would you think maybe a couple of PSV assets? I know you just said they were overpriced. What do you think, Dan, first? Uh, I think Arsenal finished top. I don't think you go for anyone from this group because Arsenal play PSV first and then it's severe in Lons. And I just think, although I do think Arsenal playing at home to PSV will win that game, I also think that there's only marginal gains to be made there. I think there are other better, teams... Better options. Better options. There's just better options. You're absolutely right, Ed. Okay. All right. And what do you think, Lewis? Do you agree? You're going to stay away from Group yeah. B? 
Yeah, kind of. I, I mean, the issue with Arsenal assets, and I, and, I, and I used to say this about PSG, is that you never know who's going to return it. You know, it's similar to, to other fantasy games as well. They've got Saka. Martinelli has been reclassified as a, well, he's been classified as a forward, which again is an issue and no one's okay. going to probably pick it. Mm. You know, you've got the likes of uh, Gabriel Jesus, who's always, always also a forward. Again, there's a lot of forwards um, to try and squeeze in and he's just not going to probably make the cut. Yeah, so Odegaard, Saka, you just don't know who's going to return. And and I just look at this group and I think it's going to be, uh, you know, Dan said it exactly how it is. It's going to be tight. There's going to be a lot of tight games. And I don't think I can see any big wins. I mean, if there's going to be big wins, it's probably going to be from Arsenal. But I just think that first game against PSV is a little bit too tight for me. Okay. Given what you two have said, I'm going to say the same because <laughs> you're the experts. But I think it sounds like I'm going to stay away from Group B and just watch it. And if, if it becomes obvious that there's a great pick in there, get him. But your week I, one team is all about, isn't I, it? Sorry, go on, Dan. No, I do think that when, again, it's going to be a good few weeks until we get into match day twos, match day threes, match day fours. Things can change a lot. So a couple of things to be aware of is A, form can change, players can change. So it's to keep an eye out to see if any of these PSV and Arsenal players start really standing out. Veerman, for example, has got a few goals, four assists um, in their in their sort of UCL run so far, plus the, the game at the weekend. Um, and what I'd say is there are teams like Man City that from match day four will start rotating if they've qualified. They did it last year, and they are a nightmare to predict. Bayern Munich could be qualified by match day four. They may rotate, and you don't want rotation risks. If this group is a little bit on a knife edge, then I think you can start investing, particularly in Arsenal and PSV, because once they've got each other out of the way from match day one, they don't play each other until match day six. And I really do think, as things stand, Sevilla and Lens are going to be whipping boys, in my opinion. Sorry to Sevilla and Lens fans. That's okay. Don't worry. Um, right, let's move on. We, we've got, we've, we're running out of time. We're, we're talking lots, which is great. This is good. This is exactly what the people want. Um, if this is the first podcast you've listened to ours, by the way, please do follow and subscribe. And you can follow us on Twitter, uh, Fantasy UCL Podcast. And um, if you've just been listening and you're a bit confused, you've never played this game before, and we're talking about ball recoveries and things like that, go back and listen to our first episode where we explained all the rules and the differences between this and other fantasy games. But just so you know what ball recoveries is, in this game, if you're a defensive midfielder, you're going to be a better asset than in other fantasy games uh, you generally speaking because you get one point for every three ball recoveries i think so sometimes they can really rack up let's go to group c uh so group c this has got some big boys in and also uh, a champions league de- debutante i think uh napoli real madrid braga and union berlin uh the hipster club of hipster clubs so uh what are we thinking let's go lewis first what are you thinking lewis uh what are your initial thoughts on this group yeah, initial thoughts, without obviously going into the actual assets, are, are that Napoli and Real Madrid really do stand out as favourites. And I think that's clear to that's going to be clear to everyone there. Napoli uh, obviously won Serie A last season. Real, um, they came really close to the Champions League again, another, another final. And you kind of always expect Real to go the distance, don't you? They Even when kind of all hope is lost, they just seem to get something out of nowhere and, and and there they are again in the, in the court final semi-final final but yeah i i think it's it, it is straightforward for me in thinking that napoli and real will come out on top 
Uh, and Dan, obviously, you know, that what Lewis has said is exactly right. And everyone will be thinking that. Is there uh, any sort of uh, light you can shed on Braga and Union Berlin for us, Dan? Yeah, sure. Um, so, it's, especially with Union Berlin, they are, I think they're a very underrated team. I think where they might struggle is against the big boys. Now, Real Madrid are severely weakened at the minute. Coutois out injured for a long time. Militao is out injured for a long time. Vinny Jr. looks like he's going to miss that first game against Union Berlin. Aragula's out for a while. Mendy's out until mid-September, so I doubt he's going to be back. Um, so there's no better time to play them. We know that Real Madrid sometimes starts slow. They were beaten off Shakhtar 3-2 a couple of years ago. Um, I know they beat Celtic last season, but they could have been 2-3-0 down in the first half, and then they pulled the finger out in the second half. So Real Madrid can be slow starters in the group stage. I think one year they won it, they were quite slow, and they were in Tottenham's group. So that could be a real opportunity for Union Berlin. They've won two of the first three games. They did get a bit of a hammering. I think it was against Leipzig at the weekend. Um, but they're a good team. So it's going to be interesting. They've got, um, again, UCL legend Robin Gosens playing for them. Left wing back. Uh, he's a pretty penny, I think, at five, five and a half million. I haven't quite checked his price. Um, but they've brought in a few other players, a few ex-Premier League, Premier League players, Um Aronson from Leeds, Fafana from Chelsea. Uh, they don't have any outstanding assets, is what I would say. Juranovic is five million as a right wing back, a um, couple of assists, but unlikely to get as many goals as Gosen. So I think from a fantasy perspective, they're not really a team that we really want to be aiming for. But I think from a footballing perspective, all they need is for Real Madrid and Napoli to draw against each other, nick that win against Real Madrid, do the business against Braga. In, they're in with a shout if you if you work it out like that they just need a couple of things to fall in place for them um i do think they'll end up finishing second or third third in the group probably braga welcome back um normally it's a sporting benfica and uh, porto in uh, in these places but braga did really well last season mixed start this year with a 2-1 loss uh, a 4-2 win and they've just drawn at the weekend uh, to sport in lisbon um Again, trying to look at their players, they're just outrageously overpriced uh, for Braga. Niakite is a defender that can play four and a half million that you might want to look at. Um, but I, honestly, I'd probably just stay away from them. Gomez, right back, four and a half million. I don't think you want a Braga defender in a group with Real Madrid and Napoli in Berlin, though. Um, all three very attacking teams. Yeah. Okay, and Lewis, are you are you of a mind with Dan that Union Berlin could be dark horses, or have you got anything else you want to point out from Group C? Yeah, I think what I, what I will say is about Braga again, just in, in agreement with Dan that the they have priced the uh, priced the options too high um, for Braga, especially considering it's a bit of the story of the season. Is I, that right? It's it just all over. Yeah, price too high. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think when you when you for these teams, I think you kind of expect them to be priced a little bit lower. Than the more than the more you know the the, the more mm. favourites, but I do want to touch upon Union Berlin. Um, obviously Dan went through a couple of the the assets, but there's a couple of players that I do want to pick up actually, and one of them is uh, Lauduni. So he is been priced at five million. He's a midfielder and he's got two assists in his last two. Now we all know how important budget midfielders are, especially if there's not if there's a lack of options. So I do think. Laudini at 5 million, ball recoveries, a couple of assists, he could be a nice enabler. One other asset I do want to touch upon is Robin Notch. 
He is a centre-back and he costs £5 million. Now, you're probably looking at me thinking, why do I want to pay £5 million for a Union Berlin centre-back? Well, he actually took their last penalty, which I found really interesting. Okay, so I do, I do of, think... It's the sort of thing we need. Yeah, go on. Say his name again. <laughs> so, yeah, so I did Robin Notch. So I do right. think I probably massacred that pronunciation as, as Dan knows how bad I am at this. But yeah, I do. He did take the last penalty. There is a big chance that he stays on penalties as he scored it. So I do think he could be a little bit of a hidden gem. Oi, oi. That's what the people are here for. Hidden gems. Absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, no... It's it's absolutely key, isn't it, to have at least kind of one budget enabling defender and then another budget enabling yeah. midfielder just to be able to um, to get the players. The, the one one player from this group that stood out to me when I looked at prices, particularly given his start in La Liga, is Jude Bellingham. I mean, he's scored. He's playing mm. attacking for Ancelotti's side. He's got four in his first five games, I think, or something. Four in his first six, and uh, he's five only seven point. He's, yeah, and he's only seven point five million. He's definitely him and Sane, just t- two names on my sheet. Without doubt, stick and stick and leave. Um, I actually had him quite a few times in the last two years at Dortmund, where he'd always he'd always do well as well. So very yeah, excited about that. Yeah, I think he's the same price, but five goals, one assist in his last four games, multiple man of the matches, likely to get player of the match. Uh, Real Madrid do look. A, they've got four wins, so it's hard to say this, but they're not. They've not been convincing wing wins. I it's think the Champions Bellingham's League, Dan. Real Madrid, they, they, they get something. Yeah. They get something from somewhere in the Champions League. They always yeah. do. They're going to smash it. Uh, they do have a starting four and a half million left back, Fran Garcia. He's not very good. Um, he is young, though. It's not because he's not very good. It's, in terms of this game, he might not be very good. Um, however, Mendy will be back mid-September, so I think he's probably going to be good for maybe the first couple of games. Uh, and then I think Mendy will probably be back in. Just as a heads up for anyone that does have him, he's probably not a long-term pick, but there aren't really such things as long-term picks in this game, as most people will wildcard in the groups. Brilliant. And we'll do a podcast on our wild, on our like chip strategies. We're still, I'm still working mine out. You two might already know yours, but still kind of trying to work out who's available, who's fit, who's playing who, and that sort of thing. But we'll do another podcast on that before the uh, Champions League season kicks off. Let's take a quick break there, and we'll be back with Group D and a bit more stuff. Welcome back. Uh, just on Group C, before everyone kills us after this break, should we just mention some of Napoli's good players? Because we kind of mentioned Real Madrid a lot, Braga, Union Berlin. No one really mentioned Napoli. So, I mean, we fell in love with them last year, didn't we? Uh, all, all UCL fantasy players with uh, Osimen, Di Lorenzo, Cavasha, Rasharillo, Ella, 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 eh, whatever his name is. Um, yeah, wh- are those the three standout players again? Uh, Dan, what do you reckon? No. Um, Cavaricelia is 9.5 million and he's not played a lot of football so far this season. One start, one off the bench. He did get an assist off the bench, but Raspadori's been playing left wing a little bit. I can imagine over the coming weeks, uh, Cavaricelia will come back into it. Um, Osimhen is still obviously a great player, 10 million, I think. You will be one of looking at him at some point, if not match day one against Braga. But I think I think Kvaraschelia personally is just overpriced. He's two million more expensive than Jude Bellingham. He didn't actually get loads of returns, and he's not very good with pens. Um, so I mean, that's a running theme with Napoli players. Raspadori missed one a couple of weeks ago as well. Uh, I think looking at other players, you've got Di Lorenzo, quality five million. 
two goals and one assist already this season. He should be one of your players, I think. However, if you didn't want to go there, if you didn't have the money, and you think they're going to get clean sheets, then uh, Jesus at 4.5 million, starting defender, because Kim has left. Um, beyond that, I think you're probably looking at midfield price ranges. You've got everything here. You've got Lobotka at 5.5, who's played all three games. Zielinski at 7.5, who's played three games and has one goal. Sometimes takes penalties. Uh, and then in the middle, Angisa with 6 million, Politano at seven. So if you did want to find one of these Napoli players to stick in your team, you're more than welcome to. However, I think we're going to need another couple of weeks to look to see which one of them is the best pick at the right price. There we go. Anything to add on Napoli, uh, Lewis? Yeah, just one or two bits. I mean, Napoli started the season really well. And then the last game I watched, it was against Lazio and they just weren't great at all. Um, but I don't know whether that was a blip or not. But yeah, in terms of assets, Dan has highlighted them that um Ossiman, he is again, as Dan said, ten million. He is now on penalties and he scored one as well. So an Ossiman on penalties um in that group, um, especially when playing Prague or Union Berlin is 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 um is is close to one of the the best options in the game, to be honest. And again, Daniel has already covered Kvaratschelia, 9.5 million. I think the issue with, again, I keep saying this, but the issue with the game this season is the lack of midfielder options um, could even force us back to Kvaratschelia, even at 9.5 million. Um, or it could force us to stock up on a lot of enabler options, similar to what, who Dan just mentioned, Lubokka at 5.5 and Guessa at 6. So it could go uh, either way, but, um, but it, will, we, it looks like we're really going to need these 5.5, 5 and 6 million pound midfielders this uh, this season. Brilliant. Um, yeah, good we managed to get that in before we're killed by a bunch of Napoli fans. Group D, let's move on to Group D. So Group D is Benfica, Inter Milan, Salzburg and Real Sociedad. So what are our initial thoughts on this? Let's go to you first, Lewis. I really like this group um, for a lot of different reasons. And a lot of them are fantasy reasons. I'm not going to go into them yet, just yet. But in, in terms of the actual group itself, I, a lot of people are going to look at this and think, OK, Benfica and Inter are favourites. And they would probably be right to say that Inter are favourites because they've started the season so well, um, keeping plenty of clean sheets, three clean sheets so far, four wins. And then you look at someone like Benfica. The, the thing is, the problem with Benfica this season is they've sold a lot of key um, players. And, and I'm, not how, I'm not too sure how that's going to affect them especially in Europe, it's okay um, for them to be performing in their, in their own league, but to, to perform in, in, on, on the European level, you, you know, you have to be, you have to be convincing. And I just think they've sold enough for me to think that's either Salzburg or Sociedad potentially have a chance at second place. I'm not entirely sure that puts me off Benfica assets, just guessing, because we are going to see, you know, as Dan mentioned earlier, we are going to see um, team form progress. We're going to see team form improve. And I do think Benfica, once they settle, they will, will probably start getting some wins uh, behind them in Europe. So, I, I, again, uh, Inter up there, Benfica up there, Salzburg, Sociedad, also interesting. But that's just my uh, kind of general overview of the group. Brilliant. Dan, what are your initial thoughts on Group D? I love this group. 
I don't think it's going to be great to watch by any measure. Inter Benfica historically isn't the most exciting game, but this is where there are some dynamite assets. Um, so we'll start with Saucy. We'll start with Saucy Dad real quick because this is where you can get some super cheap players. They have a starting four million goalkeeper which just allows you to spend so much budget elsewhere. Right. Now they're Sorry. not great. I'm just going to I'm just going to put him in my team. What's he called? He's called Ramiro. They're not in great form. They've uh, drawn three games and won one. Uh, in those four games they've conceded five goals. They do have one clean sheet. Uh but for 4 million it just allows you to pump money elsewhere. Uh, they also have and please don't ask me to pronounce his name. If four and I know million, yeah. A four and a half million starting midfielder called Baranetia. Now he plays left wing. He's got two goals in his last three games. Um, hopefully he's still going to be playing. Uh, I know that Yaratzabal has came in, but he's played up front. He's played on the left. He's played a few different positions. Um, but yeah, four and a half million midfielder that actually plays left wing, screaming Charles de Kettler vibes. So. The rest of them I probably wouldn't go anywhere near because of the price and the fact that the pot fall and all that sort of stuff. But you cannot look a gift horse in the mouth of a four and a half million out of position midfielder and a four million goalkeeper and just turn a blind eye to it without some form of um, of further inspection. They are a little bit of a wait and see in terms of, I think they've got a horrible game coming up in Milan first. But beyond that, rub your hands together, everyone, with those two. Uh I don't know if Lewis picked up anyone from Salzburg. I personally um, would rather poke my eyes out with a fork than go near any of their players. Not because they're a bad okay, team. They've okay. actually won the, the won five games in a row. I, I just think they are really overpriced. Okay. like And that seems to be the story of this season for some teams, doesn't it? So, uh, so mm. there we go. Okay. Anything else to pick out, Lewis, from this group? Just again on social, I just uh, again agree with with Dan. You know, Romero, uh, Romero, four million pound goalkeeper. Kieran Tierney is actually now playing for Sociedad. He is priced at five million though, and also definitely not worth it. Um, if um, that Baron Atsechia guy, let's call him Ander because that's his first name. If he does um, get rotated at some point, they do have another central midfielder called Martin Zubimendi. He is five million. And he has managed a goal. He managed a goal in his last match. We also have to take into account ball recoveries. We also have a five million pound forward. Um, he's he's in really good form. He's got three goals and one assist in his last four as well. Only issue again is that he's a forward because if he was a midfielder, Sociedad would have an array of different options, enabling options at midfield. In terms of um, in terms of Salzburg, Again, I can I can kind of see where Dan is coming from in in terms of the, I mean we've always known Salzburg to have these great enablers and budget enablers that we can fit into our teams, but they just don't seem to have many of them this season. One option could be Oscar Glotch. Uh, he's a five million pound midfielder playing in a central attacking midfield position, 19 years of age, one goal and one assist in his uh, uh, recently. So again, his age. Touching upon his age, a lot of the Salzburg players are really young and, and probably quite uh, prone to rotation. So Oscar Glotch is definitely one to watch. And they also have a striker called Karim Kanate. He's a 5.5 million pound forward, two goals in his last four. But again, he's a forward and there's too many forward options. Yeah, you're going in, Ed. You're going in 
particularly on Inter. These are the this is the team to go for. Three wins in a row, three clean sheets in a row, and they have a four and a half million goalkeeper. He should be a hundred percent owned, in my opinion. Uh, Jan Sommer just bought from uh, Bayern Munich. They have Demarco. The only issue, and- Dan. The only issue with yeah. uh, Jan Sommer I'm looking at is he plays the same day as Ramiro, that four million starting keeper at Real Sociedad. Yeah, true, but you don't. You can go for one of them. You, it's one of those things. It's but I, I, if I had to choose, I'd personally go for Summer at four and a half. Um, you have Demarco and Dumfries, both five and a half million. Demarco's is a, a little bit more of an assist threat, two assists in his last three games. Dumfries is a little bit more of a, I say a little bit because he's erratic in the box, but he, he plays like a right forward. And one goal, one assist in his last three, both five and a half million. Pick your poison. My poison is DeMarco at the minute. But uh, Lataro Martinez has, and, and he's a bit of a trap sometimes, but he, his form does look really good at the start of the season comparatively to the last few. Five goals in three games looks excellent. Again, it's just those forward spots. However, uh, Inter Milan play a 3-5-2, so they play with two forwards. Marcus Turam is a midfielder on the game, and he's a six and a half million midfielder actually playing as a striker. Has one goal, two assists, and won a penalty in the last game as well. So I think Turam is a six and a half million out of position midfielder should be in a lot of people's thoughts, especially when you look at the value elsewhere. Brilliant. Is there anything else in Group D, guys? Go for it, Dan. Um, yeah. So I think just again, just to touch upon what we were talking in terms of Inter, um, Martinez is in great form. I'm watching, I watched all of the Inter games so far and Taram and the link up play between Taram and Martinez is just, is just brilliant to be honest. And obviously, Again, just to highlight a point that Dan has already mentioned that Taram at 6.5 million as a midfielder should be pretty much locked into most teams potentially for the whole potentially for the whole of group stage. Martinez did not take the last penalty. Um, it was Calagnolu. So it's inter- it's it's important to highlight the fact that Martinez potentially isn't on pens when a lot of other strikers are. Um, so we have to remember that, although he is in um, absolutely amazing form. Um, just kind of just to move on to Benfica because Benfica we're a we're a huge team for Champions League managers uh, last last season. There was a lot of enablers in there, a lot of great value for many picks. But this season, I'm not so sure. Um, they obviously uh, lost Grimaldo, but what they what they have got though is a four million pound goalkeeper. They've recently sold Vlakadimos to Nottingham Forest and. Soares is playing in his place. He's played all of their games so far for Benfica and he's £4 million. So if you're going to go for a £4 million goalkeeper, I think it's the Benfica goalkeeper that you should be picking. The issue Um, with that, Lewis, is the issue with that is I think they've bought Trubin and he's he's going to be their starting goalkeeper over the next couple of weeks, I believe. And I think he's five, five and a half million on the game. Um, He's not in Benfica's team at the minute. He's at his previous club. So that's Suarez is one to watch, I think. But I don't think he's moving forward. I don't think he's going to be nailed in that team personally. Yeah, definitely, definitely monitor the the league games and stuff. So, but I think if he if he obviously continues to play, then definitely, definitely pick him. Um, a couple of other bits that I just want to touch upon. Alexander Barr is probably my favourite defensive pick at four point five million. 
he someone that I owned last season. He's he's okay for assists and stuff. He did get a couple last season. There are a couple more things to touch upon as well. Di Maria is classified as a eight million pound forward in the game. Now it's important that we mention Di Maria because he's took penalties off João Mario. So João Mario is now no longer on penalties. And he's also took a price boost and he's also being dragged off early. So the once kind of Champions League legend that was João Mario is is no longer, I'm afraid, because obviously no penalties, um, cutting being having his game time cut. And and just yeah, he's he's not even been in great form either. Uh, Rafa Silva again at Ford, eight point five million. Uh, one one kind of gem potentially in there is someone called Musa, um, four million, uh, sorry, six million pound forward, one goal um, recently as well. So maybe he's another player that we should watch. Benfica are definitely a team to monitor um, until the Champions League. Uh, I'm through out, definitely. Lewis, quick question for you, just on bar. Is he still a, your favourite pick if he's not four and a half million because he's five million? Would that affect anything for you? He is five million. He is five million. I don't know why I said four point five, but yeah. Is, no, that, I, is I, that change anything? I didn't know if you thought it was because of the value, or doesn't matter what his price is. You just love him, and you're going to play him. Yeah, I think I think what I what I do like about Bar is the attacking threat. Obviously, we know that Otamendi is a, a ball recovery beast. He can also nick a goal as well. But in terms of attacking threat, I've always probably preferred the fullbacks in this game, even though the centre backs are still. You know, great options in like and like other games. I do kind of, I am kind of siding with with um, with Bar there. And Arsenal is is weird. It's because he's recently been playing left back. Uh, he's yeah. a midfielder in the game, um, so that's quite odd. Brilliant, guys. We are running out of time. Thank you very much. That is the first four groups. There's probably loads more to say. Dan and Lewis are probably going to try and interrupt and say, oh, I just want to say, but no, no more. We're done. Uh, we try and keep these snappy. We'll try and cover things next time. And hopefully before the next episode, we can put out a tweet asking for your questions as well that we can answer. That'll be really, really good. Thank you very much for listening. Please follow, subscribe, five star, follow us on Twitter and uh, get involved. The Champions League is coming soon. Podcast Network.